So we are recording. All right. We might have to do a couple of takes today. <laughs> Good films, bad films, Jason Lee, Mick LaSalle, Operation Bigfoot, hey boys, how you doing, it's great to see you again, thanks for stopping by, it's a podcast so there's no reason you should be stopping by. <laughs> how are you boys? Oh god, uh, what was that? <laughs> I thought that was David Getter in the room, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a Ibiza-themed homage to our podcast, uh, based on the fact that we were in Ibiza last week for your stag do side. Yes. We were. Yes, we were. Woof. Woof. <laughs> Woof. Listening to slightly better tunes than that, I would so. <laughs> <laughs> Only slightly, though, Rob. You're not a professional. Well, no, no. Neither would I expect, you know. It's amazing what a ten whole minutes on Garage Band can give you. <laughs> Definitely the vibe of the weekend. <laughs> How are you both doing? Are you okay? Excellent, mate. Yeah, excellent. Superb. Yeah, good. good. Recovered, just about. Excellent. Uh, uh, how's your how's your how are your shoulders feeling? Sunburn? Oh, so sunburned. Feels like I've been laying a barbecue for the last two weeks. <laughs> nah, I'm pretty sound. Unlike you two, I'm allowed out in the sun, so it's uh... yeah. You do you do tan very very well. Um, yeah. I I don't I, I went to you know I thought I'd got a handle on it and then I went to school sports day today and got refried all over again just <laughs> totally crispy like refried beans <laughs> surely that's a minging snack anyway um, so you guys what have you been watching oh so since last we spoke so mainly I've been out drinking with you two over the <laughs> <weekend>. <laughs> you so, uh, jolly have mate I have oh my dear and raving in a paddling pool as well raving in <laughs> a paddling pool yeah which was quite good fun that was a beta for me yeah I've never I've never seen James so happy what <laughs> <laughs> a lovely little splash pool no chance of drowning <laughs> yeah on your room to yourself Lovely stuff. But do, do you remember that um, that giant winkle picker who came over and started splashing everyone with his? Yeah, know, he stood on my shoes that were on the yeah. side. Oh, he was oh, on mushrooms. He was on oh, mushrooms. Yeah, because yeah. we, oh, cause we, we went to speak to him and said, "I'll oh, watch the shoes." He's like, "Sorry, mate, I'm absolutely mashed on mushrooms. I can't." <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I was like, "My lovely shoes." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. He, he was very lucky. He nearly got himself a. Uh, a chocolate brownie, right in the mush, that guy. <laughs> no, I'm joking, he never did. And I could have RKO'd him out of nowhere straight into the pool. <laughs> but that would not be in keeping with the Ibiza vibe. I don't no, 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 it wasn't. But... That was very, very, yeah, very chilled. Where were we? Yeah, so what have I been watching since last yes! we spoke in this forum? I caught up with a film from 2017 called Mother! <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation mark. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, which I'd never seen before. And, uh, woof, that thing's a vibe, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> so good. So it's like a metaphor that's about as subtle as an elephant to the face, <laughs> undeniably arresting. Uh, it's like this allegorical, deliriously bold anxiety dream that truly swings for the fences. It's unclear to me how Darren Aronofsky managed to convince a major studio to not only finance and release this film, as well as secure, at the time, one of the world's most well-known actresses to star 
But hats off to him. He must be absolute dynamite at pitch meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the film was amazing. Lawrence is like a real revelation. She's like screaming, sobbing and losing her mind to varying degrees. Aronofsky truly puts her through the ringer and she takes to it like a art house Bruce Campbell in a film that is often akin to a biblical and borderline pretentious remake of Evil Dead. Um, I mean, for me, by the end, I just felt absolutely shattered whilst in total admiration of the film's chutzpah. Absolutely loved mm. it. Have you got uh, Wow. Either of you guys seen that movie? Yeah. No, I, I, you have, Si. I, I, I'll, I'll make this very easy then, my answer. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I really loved it. I, I felt... I remember being really angry at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> a, a film has never, I don't think a film has ever got that much of an emotional reaction out of me. Like, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I just don't think I could handle it. But No, it's not a, it's not a chilled vibe, to be honest. It's not only Ibiza vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very, very good. And um, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is great. Didn't she break her rib because of all the hyperventilating she was doing? She, she. I'm not, I'm not sure. He, she properly went through it. Yeah. It's very, uh, very good. She's just getting tortured for like two hours, basically. But it's better Dang. than that, obviously. It's just unbelievable commitment yeah, it's uh, from the filmmaker and from the star. And given her profile at the time, she didn't need to be making a movie like that at that point in her career at all. Well, she took a bit. She took a big break after that as well, didn't she? So it must have really. She did. She's had a baby, hasn't she? So uh, ah, right. Yeah. Hopefully, not the baby from this movie. No, no, not the baby from this movie. Thankfully. <laughs> Even I know about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Disgrace. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the faint of heart, but but a good movie, I would say. Mm. A real film film. I think it actually qualifies for this podcast, but I'm not sure Ooh. we'll ever do it. Or maybe we could do it just to get Rob to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Slow um, down on the list, but, you know, it's on the list. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I also saw last night a 2022 film uh, called Jewel. So this is from the writer-director uh, of The Art of Self-Defense, uh, Riley Stearns. Have you seen that previous film with Jesse Zuckerberg? And <laughs> Jesse Zuckerberg, Jesse Eisenberg and <laughs> Pollux Troy. I haven't seen it. I've, I've always fancied it, though, because... Um, it's really good. Imogen Poops is in it as well, isn't she? She is, yeah. She's so good, and she's always in these little curio movies, Yeah, and I always do fancy checking them out. Well, well this latest one is very much a curio as well, and I'd describe its humour as drier than a popcorn fart. Honestly, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's very, That's a new one. <laughs> yes. Very, very dry stuff. So uh, the film is very odd. Uh, but crucially, very funny and thought um, and thought provoking, and a real examination of identity, which features a brilliantly modulated dual performance from Karen Gillan at its heart. So she plays a character and a clone of her character, and that's all I'll say about it. It has a clinical sort of disaffected tone that will put off many, but if you embrace its pitch black humour, and it is really pitch black absurdist vibe and go in knowing as little as possible the film plays like a deeply satisfying combination of uh black mirror blended with the sensibilities of yorgos lanthimos you know the guy who directed um the favorite mm. and Karen of a sacred yeah so it's got that sort of vibe to it i i thought it was really good it's like 90 minutes i didn't have all i knew that karen gillan played two versions of herself and i didn't know anything else about the movie i never uh, heard of that 
It's on. Um, it's one of these Sky Originals, you know, where they pick up an independent yeah. film and pretend that they find them. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, yeah, very good and uh, available on to stream on Sky Cinema now, and I think it's about ninety-five minutes long. So awesome. It's good stuff. Sound. Sai, what about you? Sorry, James, I went straight over that. Like, lovely recommendations. Like, the only caveat is I'd love to see them, but most likely won't. It's all right, Rob. I don't take it personally anymore. No, it please used to, don't, please it don't. It used to hurt deeply. But now... <laughs> I just, just please know that I have this long-growing list of movies that I desperately want to see. But there's just too much Bigfoot content to enjoy, isn't there? <laughs> well, we haven't even got to me yet. <laughs> I bet you I've already heard these updates already this weekend. <laughs> you might have. In fact, wasn't it the first thing I said to you when I saw you? <laughs> oh, it's half past five in the morning. Sai, <laughs> uh, si, what have you been watching? Yeah, so, I mean, as previously discussed i i've i've been a bit busy with um abifa and before that glastonbury so i've just had a mad two weeks so i haven't really watched that many films but i did check out uh dashcam which is the follow up to the to pod favorite actually uh host from director rob savage and the writers Gemma hurley and jed shepherd it's just an absolute wild ride of unpredictability and pure carnage that just never takes its foot off the gas once it gets going it does kind of lack the ingenuity and pant-shitting scares of Host, <laughs> which is remains the scariest film I've ever seen. <laughs> but it really does teeter on like the good side of the fan footage genre, with with its lead star being both absolutely hilarious, yet a complete unbearable arsehole at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I know a lot of people took umbrage with that, but I, I felt it was one of the movie's strengths, to be honest. I thought it was a really interesting aspect to it how the lead character was just really horrible and you really hated her but she was the main character in the film um but yeah it's a total blast um obviously got a bit more budget than they had on the previous film but yeah if you're interested in tracking the careers of these extremely talented guys and gal um yeah do do check this one out it's it's very good wicked i'm not sure where it i'm not sure what it's on Netflix. I think it'll be it'll be coming on to streaming pretty short. Where did you see it? Did you go to cinema to see it? I didn't go to the cinema. I did watch it um, online, but I think I may have rented it because ah, right. okay, we were trying yeah. to find a scary film to watch. And I was like, oh, there's this new one from the host people. Let's watch that. Host was on Shudder, so it might come to Shudder at some point. I was going to say that surely yeah. that's the logical home well, for it's it. Well, um, it's their first of, I think they've signed on for three movies with Bloomhouse. And wow. this was the first one. Such a golden ticket deal that, yeah. like, yeah. whoa. Well, they um they deserve it because uh, you know as we've, oh, as we've said many times, yeah. host was just so geniusly brilliant. Yeah, I also um also checked out uh, Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, which may well be fodder for a future episode, as it's pretty shit in many many ways, <laughs> but also really great. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that that could possibly pop up because I am running out of films to pick as well. <laughs> Just um, <laughs> no, I, as a fan of the games, I really, really dug it. Um, completely changed all the characters and everything, but um, at least they got the look of it right and the vague story of it right. Whereas the Paul W S Anderson ones are just completely different mm. which i actually read was uh i mean I'm, I'm not surprised by this i read that he was just writing a script completely dis you know not nothing to do with resident evil he was just kind of 
a big fan of the game at the time mm. and then they were desperate to make a movie and they went, yeah, let's just do this and just call it Resident Evil. So that's what happened with his movie and that's why that became a Resident Evil film. But um, yeah, at least this is at least vaguely in the same realm as the game and not just something completely made up. So yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very... Cool. It was a, it was a, a good B-movie, fully intending to be a B-movie as well, I think. You know, it was very schlocky clearly going for you know the the filmmaker the director was clearly a big fan of John Carpenter there's a lot of cues from that he he uses the same font from the thing on the credits as well the <laughs> oh seriously that's so cool yeah so there's there's like um there's a clear sort of link there but yeah i i got a kick out of it i thought it was really good amazing oh that's that's absolutely class where's that on sorry uh, that was definitely streaming i think that's on now tv oh right okay cool i definitely didn't pay for it not sure I would pay for it. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely caught it on one of the streams. I would never pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty sure it's on now TV. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was good and re- surprisingly scary as well. Actually, like really oh, scary. Geez, really? Yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting it to be very jumpy. But um, no, it was. It's good. It was good. Nice. Nice. What about you, Rob? Well, just more great picks I'm adding to the list here. Um, for myself, um, I'm still on this hell-bent mission of trying to get my kids to watch all the great stuff. And having played a bit of Lego Indiana Jones, which is absolutely incredible, by the way. If you've never mm. played Lego Indiana Jones, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I managed to convince them to watch, you know, the first first movies. Um, so we watched Raiders. They really enjoyed that. I was quite worried that they were going to be terrified. They weren't. At all. Even at the end when Belloc's head is melting off. Oh, James. Got steelbook 4K of Raiders. Oh, oh gorgeous. <laughs> oh, sheeshy. Goodness me. Does that, do those films remain to this day the best posters and the best like artwork? Uh, I think they might, you know. I can't think of any better. Truthfully, They're I can't so think. so good. So, so good. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to so be digging it, into that myself this week. Oh, on 4K as well. Goodness yeah. me. <laughs> No, it's 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 great. It's got very adult in places, um, <laughs> but um, it's got all those. You know, it's, oh, it's, a, it's an absolute classic. What, what's the point in talking about it? We all know Raiders, but they have a really big soft spot for Temple of Doom for a number of reasons. Um, short round, round, definitely short round. Um, <laughs> but the big one is chilled monkey brains. They flipping love that stuff. I absolutely love it. I loved less the moment where um Ram Nam Shabai. I'd seen Ram this. Nam Shabai. But... <laughs> yeah. But after that's happened and on the you know, on the version we saw with the kids, it was heinous. Like you saw the hand get put into the flappy bit of the the chest and a beating heart get pulled out covered in blood. That's pretty heavy going. Even more heavy going is once it's all over and done with and Indy's climbing down to go and try and get the Shankara stones. There are a load of um, skins pinned up on the wall, which are very obvious in Blu-ray. But they're not just, you know, they're like, they are just so crystal clear. They're flapping in the wind just behind his shoulder. Like Predator 2. <laughs> yeah. Human skins complete with massive pube rugs. Oh, my God. It was very, very gross. When I was a kid, probably your eldest age rob temple of doom was always my favorite but then when i got yeah. older i was like this is not suitable for children this is outrageous they must be terrified <laughs> I was like, well you loved it i loved it as a kid oh i lo- it what they love was when it got to the end the the you know the, that that last 40 minutes of temple with the the minecart the chase. chase on the the minecart yeah. chase yeah, and then yeah. on the cliff 
and all that. And then, whoa, it was so, so good. I always used to get a lot of laughs out of the minecart chase where it was obviously dummies when it was going around the hardcore. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Well, do, do you know what you could <laughs> just about around. you could just about see on the um, on watching it on high def was um, the the model work. Of the people, you know, like, so a lot of the, you know, it was the, 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 what are they called? The, the man cars going whizzing back and forth. A lot of the people inside them are models, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and exactly, it's stop, yeah, yeah. it's stop motion. It's unbelievable. Like, you know, when they grab short round and they pull him, his little socks go up and they pull out to a wide, that's all stop motion. Oh, is it? Oh, I, I thought it was yeah. all just like dummies, dummies and models. <laughs> no, no. When they do that, that, that particular shot, when they go out wide is all stop motion. Oh, wow. It's, oh, it's crazy. I'd love to see some behind, behind the scenes snaps of that. Underratedly a prequel as well, isn't it? Template. Yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? For yeah. no reason whatsoever. <laughs> ne- never clocked that as a kid at all. Oh, but, but also, I want to see more of, you know, um, oh, his mate who dies at the start. What's his name now? Indy. I go first, Indy. <laughs> <laughs> dies. That dude, you know, it's awful. Absolutely awful. We've been on many adventures, Indy. No, yeah, that guy. Uh, it's great. Um, so we started Last Crusade predictably absolutely sensational just I, I, this is like this is broken record stuff because obviously we all know these movies are amazing but the first 20 minutes of oh with river phoenix oh it's outstanding yeah we, we've only got to about half an hour in and it's they just love it they absolutely love it they're loving the rats at the minute in the you know the tombs underneath um the church x marks the spot Mm, uh, the library, yeah, they super are. dupes, so yeah, it's super dupes. The library, that's it. Um, so they're loving that. Um, gonna do a very brief update on Operation Bigfoot. Of course, apparently, is that's now what it's called. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought that genuinely was the title. Is that not the title? <laughs> Expedition, Expedition Bigfoot. Oh God, slap my mouth. No. <laughs> Operation Bigfoot. <laughs> so, so they didn't. They, they. There was three episodes left when we last spoke, and they, you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> the regular update of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we we get to a point where they didn't find it. <laughs> really? Um, oh. I'm sorry to, <laughs> I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to say. Call me surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but Rob, they must have found something. I can't believe I've missed this on the nightly news. They, they got a very promising um, <laughs> shadow moving on a very long distance piece of video. <laughs> they got a very promising what? A shadow. Moving. A shadow? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> very, very, pro- very promising piece of dark movement. On a, um... So, yeah. Um, so then, I, you know, obviously I was worried because uh, at the end of season two, they didn't say what was going to happen next. You know, like at the end of a Bond movie, James Bond will return unless he's blown up. Um, whereas in this, this time they actually did go... You know, next time on season four of Expedition Bigfoot. And they're going to Alaska, guys, to look for Bigfoot there. Can't wait to... Your faces are crippled with excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Is it to find the same Bigfoot? Because how does one get to Alaska? No, no, just different ones. Does he have a a private jet, does he? But they, they are hedging their bets at this point. They're, they're, they're after any any old Bigfoot will do. They just got bored of the woods, didn't they? It was like, we need to do something else, guys. We need to freshen this up a bit. Let's get a new location. <sighs> they got so close. What was Is that? Is this an admission that Bigfoot <laughs> never existed in those woods then? No, it's not at all. It's just... How is it not? <laughs> Such a good question. <laughs> 
It just means that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They just didn't fight. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's just a mission. They if he's that big, he's really good at hiding, isn't he? Yeah, he's, ma- he's massive, isn't he? <laughs> oh, wow. You should never find him, honestly. Big and elusive. What a combination. I know. I know. <laughs> No, a bit like Andy Carroll at his time at Liverpool was a number nine. <laughs> sorry, Andy. I love you, Andy. I'm so sorry. Alaska, they'll find him no problem because you know the big brown machine against that white landscape. Yeah, any problems to find I, I, him? You're absolutely right. I just worry that they're using this as an excuse to do more nonsense. Like, oh god, he obviously shapeshifted, <laughs> or you know, like we can't see him here because he's now a polar bear. Oh. Yeah, but they've hooked you for another season, Rob. They jolly have. <laughs> Copper soups and, and <laughs> expedition Bigfoot. Let's do this. Oh, anyway. Right. So um another exciting update from Operation Bigfoot. <laughs> That's the name of our spin-off podcast. <laughs> How Bigfoot never gets found. <laughs> just 30 seconds really welcome to the podcast yep still not found him see you next time <laughs> don't don't because I, I, my dream is to go on the podcast Sasquatch Chronicles I've got to see a Bigfoot first so before I can go on there well so. now that we talk about Bigfoot as much as this we're actually rivals <laughs> yeah <laughs> number, we're number two in Sasquatch podcasts on iTunes <laughs> oh, right Let's let's actually do some work here. What we came here. To let's do, do what we came here to do. <laughs> Unlike those bigfoot hunters, <laughs> we're actually going to deliver on our promises. Honestly, I'm desperate. I if if any of those guys, guys, if you're a bigfoot hunter and you're listening, I will come on an expedition in a heartbeat. <laughs> I will. I will. I will document it as honestly as I possibly can. I don't think we'd have a jolly good time. I'll bring the beers. Actually, I'll bring the beers. <laughs> Um, you guys are used. To, you guys won't come when we did uh, Willow Creek or what, whatever it was called. You guys just said you'd hang out in the Bigfoot bar eating Bigfoot Wiener burgers <laughs> while, while I went and got myself killed. Yeah. <laughs> so this week's movie. This week's movie. Oh my days! Uh, Sai, it was your pick, wasn't it? It certainly was. It certainly was. Again, a risky one uh, <laughs> for me. For me, which had been there's kind of a running theme on my recent ones. Um, anyway, uh, would you like a logline? Shall I give you a logline? The my anticipation for a logline knows no limits or bounds. It's not going to be good because I did not pre-prepare it. So we are just going uh, ad lib central. Uh, okay, so a a mulleted. Potty mouth and master of celery and explosives is called out of retirement to take down his arch nemesis, Dieter von Kumpf. This is Yorma Tacconi's 2010 SNL skit turned movie, MacGruber. Loaded up. He's the world's deadliest villain. Let me press you. Sorry. He's ruthless. Don't speak Russian. Yeah. And brilliant. Straight flush. Damn it! I'm going to turn Washington, D.C. into a pile of ash. He's known only as Dieter. And until now, he's been unstoppable. What the world needs is a hero who's so top secret, we don't even know his full name. Hello, MacGruber. Don't worry, this is just like Nicaragua. I got shot in Nicaragua. This is nothing like Nicaragua. My name is MacGruber. Capital M. Hey, 
capital G, R, U, B, E, I! Don't worry, we got your back. We're only seven blocks away, so if anything goes down... Seven blocks? Okay, you got me. About 20 blocks. Get ready for the best action. Just do exactly as I say. I mean comedy. I mean action comedy of the decade. I'm a virgin. Not for long. MacGruber and his team will rid the world of evil once and for all. I cannot wait to cut off your and shove it in your MacGruber. MacGruber, coming to save the world May 21st. Where have you been? I just took an upper decker in the master bathroom. Upper decker? Guess where you take a number two in the water tank and not in the bowl. You look great. We made a movie mcgruber <laughs> <laughs> oh wow what so say mcgruber what well what enticed you to bring mcgruber to this parish well it's a weird one this because i think you guys would agree that snl isn't really a thing over here like absolutely no. we we know what it is but I'd safely say most of us Brits like don't get the hype around it. Like I don't know about you guys, but I've never. Oh, I'm so glad! I'm so glad you said this. It's oh, what a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> you know, despite the caliber of comedic actors who I would again say over in Britain we know from the films they've done post SNL, yeah, or the TV programs or whatever. I just it just doesn't hit my funny bone whatsoever. So I'd, I'd ever no. certainly not a fan of the original sketch on SNL. I didn't know it through that. Um, but I was actually introduced to this film, and also Will Forte is a comedy actor. By it's so bizarre. I I worked on um a company I worked for. We made the supporting website experience. Um, when the film <laughs> came out. And it was basically just like this landing page with some like amazing explosions and the 3D metal font graphics and all that sort of stuff, which I think were designed by uh, Josh, who did our logo, actually, which is a lovely bit of trivia. Oh, lovely. Big love. And we had a bunch of footage of him in front of a green screen doing loads of like ad lib jokes with cardboard cutouts of sections of the of the landing page. There was like a timer going down, I think it was, for a bomb to go off. And you were clicking on bits of the website and dragging them to him for him to kind of make this contraption to defuse the bomb. <laughs> but it was just funny as fuck. And I had my job of it was to go through all the footage and clip out, all, you know, key out all the clips because it was just him on green screen, key it all out and sort of clip it all out. And I was going through the footage and it was the funniest thing, you know, the amount of stuff we couldn't use. He was just there for like a couple of hours, just reeling off like gag after gag after gag. And it was absolutely hilarious. And I was like, what the fuck is this MacGruber thing? <laughs> this is so, what is it? Um, and then uh, we had copies of the film at, at work, you know, to sort of get the vibe of it and get the tone of it. So I watched it based off that, doing that job. Um, and no I wasn't disappointed with uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, so that's my history of McGrew. That's how I know the film and how I like the film. And Will Forte as well, and the character, the absolute idiot of a character. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I just remember that um, 
it, that it definitely qualified. And I think someone had mentioned, I think it was actually Josh again who'd mentioned it, like, why have you not done McGroovy yet? You've got to do McGroovy. <laughs> so I think it was uh, after after doing the Neon Demon last time, it, I thought, let's do a light-hearted one this time. Yeah, some levity is required. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I love how there's a pro- professional slant to your answer there. So. Yeah, it was one of my first, jobs actually um, nice yeah at, at that company and, and working professionally as a editor was working on that so yeah cool like you got the call to work on McGruber well they didn't ask for me specifically I was just did the rubbish bit of no I choose to believe they did were you not recruited along with a load of WWE superstars the godfather on coding <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, uh, so, uh, j- <laughs> <laughs> that was almost like we planned that, James. That was very, know, very it's good. Still, it's um, all good work. It's all good work. <laughs> uh, j- so, James, what about your relationship with McGruber? So, yeah, um, as Simon said, I um, similar to Simon, so I knew it was based on an SNL character. That, in its own, is not a seal of quality for me. I mean, has anyone in America ever seen the Fast Show? Honestly, they'd absolutely lose their minds. <laughs> they'd go bananas, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. But yeah, so I, I'm based on that. I think a lot of um, I knew that it was a riff on MacGyver. Kind Again, of. not a big um, thing over here. I don't think. Not a big thing in the UK. Everything I know about being MacGyver is derived from Patty and Selma. But, and but, MacGyver, <laughs> MacGyver, MacGyver. <laughs> Uh, Rob's shaking his head, so he's going to tell me how I'm wrong about MacGyver not being culturally relevant. Again, like a bit like Bigfoot, he was relevant to this guy. (laughs) Ah, really? Yeah, yeah. Flipping love MacGyver. So, yeah, I watched this for the first time on a plane going to Ibiza (laughs) at 6.30 in the morning with two lukewarm Estrellas to uh, (laughs) to watch it down with. And for any of our... American listeners, that does not make me an alcoholic. That's just a standard British person going on holiday. <laughs> Very true. Pint with breakfast in the uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I have to be honest. Um, I was aware of MacGruber, but I was only aware of it because I absolutely loved MacGyver growing up. Um, being <laughs> what the channel sh- was it on? Did it air in the UK? It did. Yeah, I remember watching it at Grandma and Granddad's house. Um, MacGyver tonight on MacGyver. MacGyver. It was just, he was so cool. Like, he looked so rad and he was able to, you know, fashion these amazing exit strategies out of right. tat that was lying around. <laughs> he was so great. I loved MacGyver. So, but I always loved because he had the lovely hair, he had the lovely clothes. It was all very 80s, 90s. It was so great. So, when I heard that, you know, like, there's a new movie coming called MacGruber, and I was like, that sounds a bit like MacGyver. Let's have a look at. What's this about? It's, you know, and it's a pastiche on the famous television show MacGyver's like, right, get out. I don't want to know anything about this. Get out. MacGyver is sacred. Don't you dare. But I've mellowed. <laughs> and uh, I was actually, you know, really excited to watch it. Um, and I did. <laughs> but it must qualify. So is it on the numbers, James? Is it budget and box office? Oof, it might well be. So... Sheesh. Uh, the film grossed one and a half million dollars on its opening day and four, uh, just over four million on its opening weekend when it was released in the States. 
The film earned a total of 8.460 by the end of its third weekend against its $10 million production budget. Uh, In July 2010, Parade listed the film number two on its list of biggest box office flops of 2010. Um, So apparently, uh, MacGruber realised a third week drop of showings of 94% from 2,546 screens to just 177. The film was removed from theatres after the third week, one, uh, suffering one of the biggest theatrical fall-offs in recent cinema history. That is nuts. Jeepers, yeah. creepers. Yeah. Um, there was no film sequel, but if you guys have um, Peacock, the streaming service, you might have noticed there is a MacGruber television mm. series yes. that started at the I, back end of last year. I have to be honest, I nearly watched it by accident today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as in, like, trying to find the, this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, it did not do well, did not break even at the box office, despite its pretty small... Yeah, relatively small budget, budget as well. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of those films that has definitely got cult following over the years. Cult following, so um, sure. Yes. So, was it 2010? So, yeah, 10th anniversary, I think they realised that it was more popular yeah. than the box office numbers suggested, and then that's probably what... Got a TV series out of it, but yeah, that that is. You forget how long ago 2010 was, mm. wasn't it? Because Kristen Wiig, this is that's pre Bridesmaids, Kristen Wiig. So she's not a, she you know she's on SNL as well. But yeah, a lot of the people you see cropping up in this were not the sort of, oh, what do you call it, household names mm. that they are nowadays. So that probably didn't uh, probably didn't help its cause, and it is quite niche as well. If you're not <laughs> very, familiar very with the niche. skit, you wouldn't <laughs> really, really understand no. what the hell it was. <laughs> <laughs> Very niche. Blimey. Uh, interesting stuff. So, psychritically, then, in which case, to make it a double whammy of, <laughs> of qualification, how did it go? It, uh, of course, it's a double whammy. <laughs> um, as one would expect with such a crude and puerile comedy, the critics were not massively on board with this one. Um, it currently sits at 48% on Rotten Tomatoes and 43 on Metacritic, um, with many bemoaning its disposable nature and very childish humour. Um, UK crit- critics in particular, particularly the paper ones, were just not impressed at all. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Johnson of The Independent said, MacGruber just isn't funny with its banal reliance on lame sex jokes. And Kate Muir of The Times said, it's a joke that's funny for 20 seconds, but not 99 minutes. Rick Groen of the Globe and Mail in the States pulled pulled one right out of the top drawer of his bloody um, reviewing skills and called it, said, it's McAwful, uh, which is <laughs> absolutely atrocious. Uh, <laughs> Dear me. Not all the jokes land in McGruber, but they're better. All of them are better than that. Good Lord. Don't quit your day job, Dave. So funny. Um, it wasn't entirely... Uh, Wellful for for this mullet wig wearing eighties pastiche. There were some critics, as immature as I am. Katie Rich of Cinema Blend gave it four stars, calling it childish and ridiculous, and far funnier than you're expecting. Uh, Matt Glassy of Total Film also gave it four, said it was throwaway but genuinely funny throughout. Um, and Alex Zane, when he was uh, writing for the Sun, um, said it was ridiculous, crude, and most importantly, jaw achingly funny. Um, and even Robbie Collin. You know, usually you would probably expect him to sort of turn his nose over this. Was mildly positive. Give it, give it three stars. Said he, said he enjoyed it. Interesting stuff. Yeah, audience wise, it's it's actually lower on Rotten Tomatoes with thirty five percent, but slightly higher on Metacritic at six point four. 
And on Letterboxd, the hugely predictable 3.1. That's good, though. That means it's that a good is movie. Good. That is good. Yeah, that is good. Uh, with some fans like Jackson Murray, uh, who called it a comedy masterpiece. Um, and he said he would defend it with my dying breath if needs be. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, uh, Christopher Nolan is a big fan. So make of that what you will. Um, no letterboxed review from Chris Nolan, sadly. But uh, Hey, guys, have you seen MacGruber? <laughs> hey, hey, guys, um, have you seen MacGruber? There's a really good... Um, I don't know if you guys have caught it. There's a really good 10-year anniversary roundtable on Vanity Fair... Um, where they interviewed everyone from who made it, and it's just going over like who made what? Sorry, who made the film? So it's just everyone who made this film because on the ten year anniversary, yeah. So it's got Will Forte and oh wow, Kristen Wiig and Yorma Taccone and Val Kilmer, and Ryan Felipe, SNL creator Lorne Michaels and Seth Meyers, who was exec producer, and they're just having like a roundtable conversation about it and the making of it and and their memories and and blah blah blah. And yeah, there was a bit in it where they said um, Anne Hathaway had revealed on the set of The Dark Knight Rises that Chris Nolan was quoting MacGruber to her. <laughs> she was like, made me immediately comfortable that I knew Chris Nolan <laughs> likes MacGruber. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. Love which, it. Which uh, they tried to get him to direct one of the TV episodes, but um, he was, he was busy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm just making Tenet. Sorry, guys. Got no time for MacGruber. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's no it's i i strongly recommend um you to check it out it's a really good insight into the film and 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 i'll i'll bring out some tidbits from it later oh lovely um, as we chat through the it's very very good <laughs> um another fan actually uh talking about chris nolan uh craig mazin the um, emmy winning create emmy winning creator of chernobyl um said <laughs> It's so good. MacGruber is possibly the most confident movie ever made. It is completely in love with itself. It doesn't acknowledge the existence of, much less care about an audience. It does whatever the hell it wants. That's usually that's usually a recipe for utter disaster. In this case, sheer brilliance. MacGruber should be in the Library of Congress. I'm dead serious. It's perfect. <laughs> so he absolutely loved it. Good gracious me. Um... Interesting stuff here. Um, it sounds like it's got a very, very loyal fan base, of which I'm sure one, two, possibly three of us are going to join this evening. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, Joma Tacombe is the director, as you say. Ye of Lonely Island. Yes. Fascinating stuff. Yeah, so he was a writer on SNL at the time, and this was one of his pitches which uh, apparently just got a whole heap of shrugs when he first pitched it, and then it just slowly started to creep in the in the schedules, and then all of a sudden he's in, like, Super Bowl commercials and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> what is... Does Will Forte have a connection to MacGyver, or is it just... No, he was obviously on SNL at the time, so he yeah. will have had this pitch to him, and he will have just taken it and... And run with it. Right, right. Forgive me. I just wanted to know whether, you know, there was a long-standing connection or anything like that. Um, Right. Should we go into the movie itself? Because straight away, obviously, I had no expectations. I didn't know what theme, you know, what style of movie it was at all. As in, like, I didn't really know the genre. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Is it, you know, surely it's um, a comedy of sorts. But you would be forgiven for 
not thinking that after the opening sequence where loads of people are <laughs> murdered for a nuclear warhead by Val Kilmer. Yeah, so it's a standard pastiche uh, opening of uh, make it look like do a fake, do a serious movie fake out essentially. Mm, yeah. So yes. so Die Hard is uh, Joel Matacone's favorite movie and um was like we just want to make it look like a Joel Silver film from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's what his main bit was to the like crew and actors and they just it was really going in at that era of action films and yeah this <laughs> proper fake out opening is deadly serious <laughs> it is deadly serious isn't it but it's um, extremely grizzled men taking on a big convoy to steal a nuclear weapon, and like, and like they're they're fighting for their lives, bleeding and begging for their existences. It's horrendously graphic. <laughs> There's blood all over the place. Yeah, it's a hard R, isn't it? This, um, and they they yeah. do that right from the beginning. <laughs> Everything about this film they is really excessive, are. isn't it? Like, <laughs> like yes. from the knob gags yes. to the violence. <laughs> Wait a minute, there are knob gags in there. One or two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it made me think of um, <laughs> Hot Shots Part Deux. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's very in that mould, isn't it? Yeah. Immediately I'm loving the epic scale of the music. The music is astonishing. It's so, so great. Loving every second of it. Um, and then we meet, um, we have this the standard sort of introduction of the main hero via exposition provided by their military superior. In this case, welcome back to the podcast. Powers Booth. Yes. Yes, please. What was Powers Booth in again? It was really it was really annoying me before. I was like, we've definitely spoken Sudden about death. Sudden death. Oh, of course, of course. Legend. And he's he's joined by uh, his lieutenant, Ryan Felipe. <laughs> what a coup. It's unbelievable that that these people are in this movie. Powers Booth is his astonishingly gravel-voiced best as he's like, you've got to come back for one more job. MacGruber, we need you. You're the best. (laughs) I love this stuff. Love this stuff. Two like deadly serious actors in a a film like this. Um, And yeah, apparently um, Ryan Felipe was a, a massive SNL fan. And uh, they were trying to figure out what to do on the, their next films after after his sort of like his career in the noughties. And his manager was talking through offers. Again, this is from the Vanity Fair interview. And uh, he talked about offers. And as a throwaway, he said, uh, they called me to see if you would want to do this read-through for this thing, MacGruber. And he's like, wait, what? They're making a movie of MacGruber? <laughs> he's like, I'm there. I'm in. <laughs> and he's like, whatever I'll do, I'm there. So that's why Ryan Felipe was in it. Like, he's just a huge SNL fan. And no way. That's who a... MacGruber was and wanted to do. <laughs> really? Because the, the, these movies live and die by how much the, sort of the, the straight characters, as they're called, are invested and how much they swing for the fences in terms of how serious they are. And everyone else is astonishingly proficient at this. Like... <laughs> Felipe plays it so straight. I it's just a it's a wonderful turn. Same with Wig, Kristen Wig, and same with Powers Booth as well. They they're all brilliant. I, I think the crew as well because it looks really good. <laughs> like, it really they, does. They've really it? nailed that like smoky eighties, you know, shimmering light. Um, yeah, you know, blues for night, oranges for day. Like they they really have nailed that specific period of film. Particularly, well, action films. Yes. Um, and the script as well is just so 
I mean, it's really funny in a film like this, particularly in the first half hour, when it's like the setup of it, where it's kind of a bit more serious. And it's it, there are lines what would be in those films, like as as deadly serious script lines written by all those guys on coke in the eighties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's true. It's yeah. sadly so true. Joe Esterhouse thinks this is a uh, is a drama. <laughs> 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 but there's that there's that bit just before the, the opening credit after that like um prologue it's got like the redacted document of mcgruber and what he was in the navy and all stuff like that and it's coming up with his skills and it's a skilled lover <laughs> <laughs> no that was like during that credits that was the first time i knew that the film wasn't serious <laughs> Seriously, after that opening. Well, did you not get it from from the name of the villain, Dieter von Kumpf? I, I didn't. I I assumed I'd heard wrong. <laughs> it can't be that. It just cannot be that. Uh, we obviously we, there are so many gags in this film. We're going to have to rattle through, you know, yeah. well most of it. But the the lovingness with which it recreates. Well, I suppose because this is it's not. Oh, I don't know. It's. There's a love, I think, that it pastiches MacGyver as well, though. Yeah. You know, like, and and the outfits and the music, because the music, the soundtrack is amazing. Whenever MacGruver is going somewhere... In his car. And he looks the absolute <laughs> business, in his car and his incredible clothes, and the music is like this rad 80s... Do you want to take us through his outfit, Rob? I imagine this is something that you could which get one? on board with. Wh- honestly, ma- which one? His main sort of get-up. His main outfit. Yeah. The one that he goes to his grave and digs up and <laughs> <laughs> exudes. <laughs> It's so brilliant. Um, yeah, it's a lovely check shirt, which I have. Yeah, I'm a big fan of a plaid shirt as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lovely sort of gilet, a lovely padded gilet. <laughs> With loads of pockets. With loads of pockets. Jeans and trek shoes. Uh, and um, lovely, uh, a lovely mullet on top of everything. <laughs> it's outstanding, really, isn't it? It's everything you'd want. It's basically pandemic hard talking. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's so great. Like, you know how, like, um, they realised, like we all do, that the, the outfit of our heroes is so <laughs> inescapably linked to the character. So when he digs it up to come back, like, literally, next to the grave of his wife, he digs up his own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's, since, uh, do, do we find it, when do we see the flashback of the wedding? Because that is absolutely hilarious. Oh, don't, it's too funny. No, it's when he's deciding whether to come back or not, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so they go and see him wherever he's hanging out. And they're like, like, a monastery, like a monastery, or... isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And he has this, like, a sweaty dream of her getting blown up at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Maya Rudolph, isn't it? It is Maya Rudolph, who was originally his... <laughs> Who was originally his sidekick in the sketches before she just she left the show, and then was replaced by Kristen Wiig. So that's why she she's in it. Brutally murdered. That is really awful. And then when they do it from Wig's perspective later, and the blood, <laughs> 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 it's just brilliant. It had big uh, face-off vibes, you know. The um, there is, isn't there? When uh, Kilmer's sort of hanging out at the, uh, <laughs> the wedding, and he fires a <laughs> rocket launcher at her. <laughs> Just, it's so good, isn't it? It's very funny. And and all the while, like the the massive action movie cliche music is going on, like, yeah. You know the swelling strings and the big 
distant horns and stuff. It's amazing. And a gorgeous saxophone, which is then revealed <laughs> yes. that it's him playing. <laughs> you know, when I first said it, I thought it was bagpipes. Like. <laughs> He's in a big warehouse with no top on, a silhouetted playing the sax. Yeah. <laughs> it's superb. It's superb. <laughs> so that good. was also another giveaway that this film wasn't totally serious. Well, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> not 100% serious. And this is like, this bit is like one of many, many really well edited like cuts that are just really funny. And he's like making that entrance back to the Pentagon after he decides he's going to help them out. Because he initially turns them down, doesn't he? And he, he gets his outfit out of the graveyard and stuff and he boots the door down and goes I'm in and then it cuts around and it's just like a, a, janitor, a bunch of janitors in a canteen like what <laughs> <laughs> there was so, did you see in terms of other transitions as well and cuts did you see that they kept doing like the TV episode cut, yes. uh, fades. fades so they'd the break, fade out yeah. and cut fade back into the same scene with another angle <laughs> like it <laughs> It was mad. For like neighbours. It was an like underrated thing how well there was there was there's a good handful of those cuts that are just so funny. Yeah. And just like add to the comedy of it, like the timing of it. It's just so funny. Just that reverse shot of the janitor. It's like what you're in the wrong room, mate. <laughs> uh, um. um so they they this I I I'm gonna cry laughing again, I think. Uh they convince McGruber agrees to come back. And he there's this montage of him recruiting all his <laughs> his friends, and I'm I don't think I can talk about this without crying with laughter. They're all ex WWE, well at the time an ex WWF stars, WWE stars. He he just you know the first one is Jericho, of course, yeah. Jericho. Chris Jericho. He gets, a, he gets the most lines because he yeah. he's the only one who can act. Yeah, uh, the lines are so good. Like, I said that because you you'd enjoy it. I know. I liked it. <laughs> He's basically just making jokes about how massive his knob is. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then he go, uh, and then McGruber goes, "It's fun to say." Jericho comes back, "It's fun to hear." <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. The names of his wrestler team is just oh, so cool. So He's good. going through his little uh, list. It's like Tut Beamer, Vernon Freedom, <laughs> Tug Phelps. It's just so good. And, and it's all going so well until he gets to the guy played by the big show. Oh, that's our tank of lots. Oh, God, it's so good. really funny. I mean, Tasteless, I guess, but um, yeah. I, I think I think it's pretty funny. Like his reaction is. Pretty oh, it is like yes. McGruber refuses to have the big show on his team because he's in a relationship with a man. So that which tells you all you need to know about McGruber. Really, he's just well, it does really. Yeah, just homophobic, <laughs> <laughs> mulleted moron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Still, still invites him to the wedding at the end, though. Yeah, he but, does. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It, He's um, but the way he crosses his name out. We ends up. He ends up with like the great Carly is yeah. involved, um, and they're all in a lovely van. And Ryan Philippe wants to get involved. They're all jetting off on the first mission, and <laughs> the grouper is telling Philippe why he can't come on board because I don't like you. You know, and but no, that that is really underselling it. You know. They, yeah. it, he just gives him such a bad time, doesn't he? When he goes, yeah, 
what he says to him, uh, well, the shit does stink, and it stinks like shit. <laughs> Absolutely hates it. Does he headbutt him at one point as well? Yeah, that's back, yeah. Yeah, back before he goes and recruits his team. He just lays one on him for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> just not a nice man but very very enjoyable to watch yes uh, and the mullet is still waving proudly yeah. it's just it's gorgeous is it also during this sequence that he um, that he uh, recruits uh, Vicky placed by Kristen Wiig it is yes who has is, gone yeah. from oh he tries to get her back yeah, yeah. In, uh, to become a singer songwriter <laughs> <laughs> it's all about music for me now McGruber <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, because that's why she's not in the car, is it? Because she says no originally. Yeah. And then, yeah, his, his badass team uh, are unfortunately blown up by him. <laughs> it's like um, Zoolander, isn't it, with the petrol station and it's all his mates just get absolutely kablamoed by his <laughs> poorly patented C4. <laughs> and he's really gruesome as well. There's like body parts all over the thing. And he's just like, ah, yeah, call 911, call 911. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think Will Forte, who I'm, I'm not really that familiar with, the, to be honest with you, the only film I've, I've really seen him in, uh, apart from this one, is the Alexander Payne film that he was in, Nebraska, the Nebraska, uh, black and white yeah. movie he made, which is a serious role Yeah, with him and, um, oh, what's his face? Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. Yeah, when they go on a cross-country trip, which he's very, very, very good in. I've never really seen him actually do comedy, which is weird considering he's a comedian. But yeah, he's very committed to this MacGruber part and he fully goes in on everything. And none more so in the next scene where he's being told <laughs> that he's pulled off the case because he's too close to it and um yeah he doesn't shower himself with uh dignity in this particular <laughs> a, i will do anything i, I will <laughs> i will do anything you want that is putting it mildly listeners um he's the game I'm has changed. on my knees and beg yeah the game, <laughs> the game has changed but the players are the same <laughs> <laughs> And Philippe is there, and at one point he's got his trousers down. Oh, it's just off. Not, I mean, yeah. it's very bait. It's all very That's immature it. humour, isn't it? Like, it, it is. It's desperate and falling to bits. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it almost has a pity Felipe agrees to come back on his team. Yeah, as does Vicky, who's just managed to let herself into government headquarters. Yeah. Oh, blimey! Yes, somehow. And th- and they're all go. She's a master of disguises. She is this whole thing. I don't know what her <laughs> skills are. Yeah, because they keep putting her into the the situation dressed as just as blokes, isn't it? So she's like disguised as MacGruber first to try and get something from a henchman, and she's like, why 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 am I being disguised? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, that that's it's frighteningly funny. The scene in the coffee shop. Yeah. And she has a breakdown when they're because he's useless at surveillance, isn't he? You know, so. twenty blocks away. <laughs> she goes, he goes, we're seven blocks away. He's like, seven blocks. Sorry, you got me. We're twenty blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> twenty blocks. She's. Uh, this is another example of just how good Kristen Wiig is. Actually, yeah. I, I can't think of a movie that I've ever seen which I didn't totally love her in. I think she's brilliant. Yeah, just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Her timing and her nuance. 
at comedy is just so on point always. Mm. Yeah, it's always in the expressions, isn't it? She does. It is. Yeah, she does so much with so little, which is just absolutely yes. brilliant. That whole interaction with the barista when she's getting commands through an earpiece from the group, <laughs> and when she tips him and has to take the tip back, it's just excruciating. <laughs> it's so funny. I would never tip him. I would never. Tip him. He's amazing. That guy who was literally on the movie for like two days. I don't know if he's anyone famous or not the barista <laughs> but yes he, yeah he is outstanding in the way he's reacting to <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable and she's like so i'm sorry sorry he goes i would never say sorry i'm not sorry <laughs> <laughs> but then mouthing i am sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's loads of fun this um they're obviously i mean <laughs> the middle period of this movie not much happened. I mean, there's not a lot. <laughs> they of are plot, dreadful. That, right, no, not really. to, the yeah. plot is they're just trying to get um, to Dieter von Kump via his, you know, build up a series of clues via the henchmen and and things like that. But he's just so bad at it that he just botches every single one because he's absolutely <laughs> disgrace of a person. <laughs> he's got that. Um... That uh, notebook hasn't he with clues written on it, and it says number one, nothing. <laughs> it's just empty. <laughs> He's got no idea, but it's all bravado and stuff. Like that um, first thing he does when he 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 gets the case is goes to that nightclub, like uh, you know, shuts down the nightclub. Like I'm right here, and I'll be at a coffee shop tomorrow. <laughs> like you, you know, and Felipe's like you. You could have surprised him because you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's just, it's just. Um, I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's it is it is a sort of one joke concept. He's just terrible, essentially, and it does sometimes feel a little bit stretched mm. over the. Yeah. You know, when you, I think that's that's the risk you always run when you expand something from a skit to a, a full length. You know, Kevin and Perry go large was not as good as the. Uh, <laughs> as the IT, uh, as the BBC sketches, you know, it's not a surprise that the film lacks a little bit in terms of plots because it's just like we just need to put him into situations and have him make an arse of himself again and again and again. Yes, I think they were given the budget for the film before they had a story. They were like, we just have to make a film of McGruber, and they were like, he's not even a f- character. He just does. He's just like a, a, a an outfit basically. <laughs> so they yeah, have to build. Yeah this whole backstory of who he was and all stuff like that um, after they got the budget for it. And it does feel like, but it's, it's in a, a, quite a big long list of SNL it is, isn't it? adaptations that don't have never really set the box office. Like the only one really, certainly from Britain's perspective that was popular is Wayne's world is the only one that sort yeah. of transcended yeah. the SNL sketch to the big screen successfully. I think they all thought they were they were breaking that duck and it was going to be really hilarious because by all accounts it sounds like they just had the funniest time on set and it it premiered at South by Southwest in Texas which to be fair is a very comedy centric sort of event in terms of it's like live music and tech and lots of stand up comedy and stuff and it was like got a standard ovation and everyone really loved it and they were like holy shit we've made a really good film here and yeah they only, they only did it for like 10 million you know as if 10 million's a yeah it's not a big budget for this type of film in terms of film it's not that much and 
apparently the the production company who financed it were like really struggling themselves and they were just like right if you can do it for 10 million we'll we won't get involved you can literally do what you want and that's what they did they 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 took that 10 million budget and that's why it's the film it is because it was entirely you know the the it was all run by the clowns the circus was run by the clowns (laughs) yes um and it's just and you do get that impression you get the impression they all had a laugh on set and apparently like Val Kilmer and Will Forte become really good friends after it as well like they oh, really got they? on side with Val Kilmer oh, like so he, nice. he absolutely loved it loved his experience on it it's good I, I do think it's good that it's got this cult reputation over the years because I think it's funnier yes the jokes do get stretched a bit of course they do You, you and as you say James you're always going to get that when it's a sketch pulled over 90 minutes but I think the jokes that they do land are just so funny. Yeah, enough of yes, them do yeah, land yeah. for sure. Yeah, for it to, they definitely do. For it they to work on the whole. And and it's just Will Forte's delivery as well is... Yeah, his investment is so... So, like when on. he kills his henchman with the mop by accident, you know, when he drives the car with the mop to squash him against the skip, and then he sees her and he goes, yeah, is one of his henchmen dead at the age of who the fuck cares? <laughs> <laughs> Just those babyish lines, which are just like really delivered, so funny. And yeah, he he's great. He's a massive dick, but he's great. <laughs> yeah, he he is. But he's the propulsive force behind the whole thing as well. Because whenever he's on screen, you're watching like a car crash. You're watching him. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. watching him. Yeah, can't look away. Um, and there's obviously like tension emerging between him and Kristen Wiig. Sexual tension. Yeah. Oh yes. And then. He's slowly coming round to Felipe's presence and him being yes. good at what he does and still really horrible to him. Celery. And then they Yeah, and then <laughs> they have to they have to do this exchange where again they dress up um Kristen Wig as the man, <laughs> as the henchman they've just killed while they sort of um ambush it. And it's the the bit with the celery, which is <laughs> it, it's what a toddler would do. <laughs> It's after he's going through the bin. He's going through the bins looking for stuff and he pulls out all this stuff and he's like, what am I creating? A diversion. And then he appears nude with a piece of celery coming out of his bum. <laughs> yeah, and then they, they get through all that. They obviously botch it, don't they? Like, they lose the money oh, yeah, completely. and the passcodes to the nuke. So they're absolutely, you know, they've, they're completely... Um, Vicky pisses herself. And oh, then, it's uh, so good. <laughs> I, pee, I peed my jeans. I peed my jeans. I peed, peed them. <laughs> And then he's <laughs> trying to figure out what to do with And he like bites the celery and she's like, oh, that's gross. And he's like, I washed it. And then he turns around to Ralph Lever and goes, I didn't wash it. It's just ridiculous. It's, but they're, they're like, by that point in the movie, they're a little team, aren't they? You know, yeah. Like, yeah, they believe in each other a little bit. And. And we're, yeah, we're motoring towards a finale. The 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 getting the, the tension gets a bit much, and he ends up, you know, he gets shot, doesn't he? How does he get shot again? I can't remember now. Oh, it's when oh, it's it, Felipe. It, yeah, it's when they um, they find them after <laughs> the pa- is it after the party or something? Yeah, yeah. And um and <laughs> and and he sees that there's a gunman coming. They're having like a heart to heart, aren't they? About and he reveals yes. like 
why him and Von Kumpf are nemesis. And it's like, because... Oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. It's so funny. He stole his girlfriend. They were about to get married. And this is um, Maya Rudolph. And they were all college buddies, weren't they? And they were due to get married. And he was like, and this is about the time that I started fucking her. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like an, a horrible, horrible person who steals his best mate's fiance. She was pregnant with his child, which of course I made her get rid of. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> dreadful. I couldn't believe what I was hearing at that point. And Felipe's just there like, that's that's really fucked up. Like, <laughs> and then, Yeah, then they get ambushed and um, he, you think that he's got this, he's like, oh, he's going to, that classic like slow motion and he's going to jump in front of him and it's like no, he jumps behind him and uses him as a <laughs> and he gets so shot <laughs> absolutely blitzed <laughs> and he ro- rolls him around the other <laughs> you know oh, uses him a shield right until they get in the car and drive away yeah and he's like oh, how did you know I was wearing a bulletproof vest you were wearing a bulletproof vest <laughs> You, what you didn't know that he's like, oh yeah yeah cause cause I do cause I do <laughs> so then he leaves him because he's pissed off that um he used him as a human <laughs> <laughs> and then he but he's got shot hasn't he McGruber right in the groin right in the <laughs> upper side where else? isn't it <laughs> and she has to root in there to sort you know to get it out but she reveals that she was always you know in love with a man hint hint who was betrothed to her best friend. Hint, hint. <laughs> Again, this is just another great example of how good the, how funny the editing is. Yeah. When it's this, like, slow-mo, you know, like, what was that John Claude Van Damme film? Time Cop, where it's yeah. like, um, that really slow-mo, midnight yes. blue, candles, and it's, like, really sensual. And then it just cuts to him, just going, eh, eh, eh. Oh, it was dumb. <laughs> I, I, I nearly was sick, honestly. <laughs> and it, it, it goes on for ages. Ages and ages. Like, this is a 90-odd minute movie and there are at least two two to three of them spent on this, on these these sounds and these noises. Oh, it's just so funny. It's Wig's face as well. She's, she's like, just like... Oh. <laughs> no, we're not, not quite sure how what to make of it. Apparently, they were saying uh, that it, it was really hot, and he was properly sweating on her. So her face is just getting drenched with his sweat, oh, and she's just no. like that. Nah, nah. <laughs> oh no, uh, no! But uh, or, and she's pissing herself as well. Like she's just laughing so hard that they have to. Cut the noises, <laughs> the noises. How do you hold it together? <laughs> And then, and then he goes. He goes to the cemetery to confess to his wife what he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, can someone else describe what happened? Well, then uh, his ghost wife comes to him, and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he has sex with her in the graveyard. And again, another genius cut here is like, I like. All right, so they're doing the whole having sex with his ghost wife bit. I hope they cut to a shot of him thrusting into midair. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. And someone walks into the cemetery, he's like, eh, eh, eh. 
just like the the care the caretaker, isn't it? Just looking up, like, what is he doing? Just like bare ass on top of oh, it. Oh, it's so stone. funny. Oh. This is five minutes of the movie spent on these two sequences. I, I was I was dying of laughter. That's oh, so yeah. funny. The so... noises are just outstanding. Don't, don't, I can't handle them. I can't handle them. Oh, dear. and then um. <laughs> It's like he's got um, the okay from his dead wife to have the relationship with Kristen Wiig. Yes, yeah. And to go off and sort out, you know, Dieter von, you know what, for the, you know, for the last time. Yeah. And um, he 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 finally gets because he's been sort of kicked off, hasn't he? Again, and he's yes, he, he, he's a bit lost because uh, Ryan Felipe has gone and blah blah. And then there's this sort of running joke through the whole film where some guy at the start like shouts an obscenity at his car or something. He's like, oh, you can't, hmm. nice car, man. He's like, hey, you fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and he writes down his reg plate and he's just obsessed with that the whole way through. And it, you mentioned his notebook, Rob, and his notebook is just filled with that, <laughs> with references. And like little child sketches of, of him <laughs> pooing on a man in a and, car and he, who's got that number plate. He stumbles across the car, doesn't he? And then just like starts to trash the car. And as he's like smashing the windscreens or stuff like that, Powers Boo rings him and goes like, "Oh, we've got a we've got a lead. We you know we we can um we we know what you know we know where Von Kampf is and we need his help." And then he sets it off. <laughs> Sets it on fire <laughs> and just walks off, and then it just explodes. The car just explodes, and then it, again another great cut where it's like walking off in slow mo as the car's exploding, and then it's just the the driver is like, "What the fuck, man!" <laughs> and, and then he runs away. And he goes, "Hey, hey, fuck you, man! <laughs> fuck you, you asshole!" <laughs> and then he tries. <laughs> so good. Think. Is the idea that he's just sort of blagged his way into being an elite operative <laughs> essentially the whole the whole time? I get it that he's rubbish. Like, but... did you see? Did you hear how many like awards and medals he'd won at the start? <laughs> so, like, you know, he's got seven presidential medals, fifteen gold crosses. <laughs> like, ne- never he never uses a gun, does he? So, like, no. He's... no, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, oh dear, when that eventually, I mean, yeah, when flipping he uses... out. <laughs> And then, um, because he says his main trick is ripping out people's throats like Dalton in Roadhouse. Yeah. Isn't it? And he's going, because that's how you can, you're just going to rip people's throats out. He goes, well, if ripping out throats helps me save the world, I'll suck as many dicks. I mean, I'll rip as many throats as It is naughty, naughty, uh, isn't it? It, it is, is naughty. It's very, naughty. very childish. But... <laughs> yeah, it really is. But then Kristen Wiig gets uh, kidnapped, dear. doesn't she? Is this a storm on the compound yes. at the end? <laughs> G- uh, generic action movie, you know, antics oh, totally, that the yeah. villain performs, yeah. And, yeah, storm on the compound. Felipe and uh, MacGruber are there. And there's the wonderful new bit with a gun when he tries a gun for the first time. And it's just... <laughs> Done. It did me in today. This it's just the <laughs> when he goes like, I think I actually hit that guy, and then Felipe's like, No, I I think I hit him, but you're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> For me, it's it's when you know after that sequence, he's like, Can I do it again? <laughs> <laughs> Double Uzis, and they just go yeah. everywhere into the roof and everything. His eyes shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And and Felipe's going across. The music's unbelievable. And Felipe's going across with the gun down. Be like chambering and barreling and blasting away. And then behind him, MacGruber's going down. With his arms over his head, shooting anything. <laughs> and he randomly throws the guns away. Well. No, he doesn't. They're like, just <laughs> chucks them at them. Double fist chucks them. Oh, so, so funny. Um, oh, spoiler alert, that could be my bit for best bit. I, think <laughs> I don't, there's not much that's going to get near that. <sighs> um, and... Oh dear! I mean, we're on the steady slope here. We know that we get saved because I want to get to the wedding. I, yeah, the second I need wedding. To get yeah. to the second wedding. So we get saved. It's lovely. Um, the whole place blows up with Val Kilmer inside. Yeah, they yes. walk away. It's quite a lovely small <laughs> explosion, considering all the stuff they've got on inside. Well, no, and, no budget, isn't it? So they just well, got, yeah. Like, that, <laughs> yeah, the, the the bit where he like you know where he ties that guy up and and he the the, the cup of water just falls on them as they walk into the room, <laughs> and he's just like he's tied middle fingers up of the of the hedge where he's going. It's because yeah. they, had, they had no money to do anything. That's so good, so good. Uh, they they so they get yeah they win the goodies win they're yeah. very happy. Months later, it's the wedding of Kristen Wig, and. <laughs> McGruver with Felipe there in the front row and everyone else who survived, including Big okay. Show. And, uh, <laughs> and his husband. And his husband. And yeah. Powers Booth. And the ghosts of the wrestlers as well. Well, they there? I missed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the ghosts of the wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that. Uh, and he, of course, the, the ghost of his first wife was there as well. When from beyond the grave, Val Kilmer returns um, and tries to ruin everything. He tries to do his usual trick of blowing everything up. <laughs> he blows up the priest. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't given a second's thought. You know, he just isn't. Incinerated man of cloth. <laughs> and he gets, he gets, <laughs> Kilmer gets blasted out of the back of the sort of the pagoda that they're in and they get shot many times on the way down it's this is this is one of the best deaths we've ever done on this it's up there with uh, John Travolta John and Broken Arrow <laughs> it really is an actual serious movie shot so many times on the way down and then urinated on the no, then, no then he's bombed then <laughs> he got bombed and then his burning corpse is urinated on by MacGruber off a cliff wearing his wedding outfit. Yeah, and then and then uh, crapped on as well during the end credits in the stills when all the stills. Yeah, when he... <laughs> I didn't see that. Did yeah, you not watch they... the the wedding photos? No, where they're no. all having the reception in like in their blood covered clothes. Right? No, I didn't see that. And I can film Kilmer's corpse it's on a gurney, you know. <laughs> And MacGruber's squatting over what would be... No, 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 I need to <laughs> and, see that. And uh, right, uh, Felipe's uh, Piper's wedding gift to uh, MacGruber and um, Vicky is a, a, a replacement blau-punked radio for his Mazda, because he broke Oh, yeah, yeah. And oh, when he was running around with him, he was holding it. <laughs> he just kept running around with his take-out radio. Absolutely. Oh, insane. do you remember takeout radios? They were. Yeah, yeah. And takeout CD players, which weren't quite quite as big as what MacGruber is rocking in this no, movie, but you used to have like to take full... it into the pub with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Oh yeah, Gosh, the po- post credit uh, photos were great, and then um, yeah, credits roll, and then um, the there's a post credit scene. Did you see the post credit scene? No. I didn't see this either. He's sat up a tree playing the saxophone. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, He's very good. Well, in which case, what what are your favourite bits then, fellas? Uh, so for me, my favourite bit is when he's going to a nightclub and he says he's going to keep uh, a low profile, and uh, he pulls up in his Mazda, in a decked out in a full white suit, carrying his car stereo, flipping off the valet and the Eddie Money <laughs> needle drop. It's just absolute. Oh, uh, yeah, that's it's just. I'd never yeah. heard that song before. <laughs> <laughs> right, the whole the whole album, the whole soundtrack album plus cues and and you know little bits of soundbacks is on Spotify. So get that's what I've been filling my boots on this afternoon. Yeah. So um, yeah, the Eddie Money tune is uh, "Take Me Home Tonight," which is just an unbelievable eighties <laughs> hair ballad. <laughs> <laughs> so good, isn't it? It's great. Like, further he's... proving that eighties music is the absolute best. Can we, can we confirm that. <laughs> whenever he's driving around, the like is the music, the radio he changes, and it's just all eighties ballads. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. So um, right, and, and there's a bit where there's something a little bit more contemporary that comes on. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> goes, let's change it back to an epic ballad. So, Rosanna, Rosanna. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think honestly, when you're in, watching a movie, '80s music works even better than any other kind of music. Well, I think these Lonely Island guys have a very good knack for really good needle drops. We've never done, we haven't done a hot rod on this movie, but there's some mm. incredible needle drops in that movie as well of really obscure 80s tunes. Hot rod, is wow. a, hot rod is a good one. Is a very, Oof. very good one. Um, she, she. Well, what's your favourite bit, was Si? Um, I, I, I've, I've just mentioned it a few times. I just think that the, the cutting of the comedy is just so well done several times, but my favourite one is that car when he finally gets his <laughs> that that finally comes around and he finally uh, we get the payoff of where he finds that KFBR three ninety two, and it's just the the interruption of the slow mo. It's like what the fuck, man! <laughs> 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 fuck you, asshole! <laughs> <laughs> I I I, honest, I just think he's I, I honestly think he's a very very funny actor, and it's just yeah. It, yeah. I feel it's a shame that we've obviously missed his best work because a lot of it wouldn't have made its way over here. Yeah. Um, in terms of the comedy, because he, he does more sort of serious stuff now, I think. Um, well, he's doing a series of MacGruber's. So <laughs> yeah. um... Lawrence Fishburne is in the series of MacGruber. Is he? Oh, God. What? So Larry, Larry himself. Is it yeah. Will Forte in Yes, I think, so. I think they're all back. No. Ryan Felipe is in it. Kristen Wiig's in it. Yeah, they're all they're all back. Sam Elliott's in it as well. Sam Elliott, Billy no. Zane. What? It's um. What? It's funny how they've just yeah they've they've optioned this uh, TV series off of realizing that this is a cult movie, and then that's that's why they've that's done crazy. it. Crazy. But yeah, I, I, crazy. I think I think he's I think he's very very funny. Um, because as much as you know, like the film I mentioned before, that dashcam where the lead person is. A, abhorrent person <laughs> like really really horrible <laughs> you absolute shit but um it's just it just works and he's just, just so funny yeah just agree um for me it's uh hard to look away from when he shoots a gun for the first time <laughs> uh it's very tough to walk away from that but um I, I think there's a moment in that when he walks into the 
you, you know I love wardrobe, right? In a yeah. movie. The white suit he wears when he rocks up to that club. Oh, same as me then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he enters, but... Uh, I think like one of the guard, you know, one of the bouncers motions that he's going to go for ID, and in slow motion he simply gives him the finger. Like I just think it's superb. All the throat rips as well. He, he really does. He does about eight of them. He really does. <laughs> the turkey. Oh, over the body of the third one. That, yeah, that could be... Yeah, let's take that instead. That's oh, so good. Just... No, you have this one. You have this. But I, I know you don't like it. <laughs> uh, um, so, MacGruber then. Sai, you'll go last. But, James, FYR for your reconsideration. What do you think? So, um, I don't think I liked it as much as you guys did. Uh, for me, it's it, you know, it's single joke premise does feel a little stretched, even at 85 minutes. But thanks to a solidly puerile gag rate, it worked pretty well overall. The cast are all game for anything. And whilst it doesn't have the wit, sophistication or production values to match a naked gun or hot shots, it's brisk and it's irreverently immature pastiche of mulleted 80s action TV and movies. Ideal for a plane journey with a couple of uh, <laughs> room temperature Estrellas, preferably early in the morning, or even a Friday night, you know, a normal hour to have a couple of Estrellas. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I would <laughs> recommend it. Uh, I don't think I loved it as much as you guys did, but I did get quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, mm. I, I um, definitely got a fair amount of enjoyment out of this. I think the runtime was absolutely perfect because I thought, when I originally read the runtime, I thought, like, what is that? 120 minutes? I just totally read the wrong thing. Um, so I thought, like, how are they going to stretch this gag out Imagine for two hours? Two hours. <laughs> if it was made now, it probably would be. Well, yeah, yeah. With a franchise sequel. But the uh, no, it, it, these movies, like I said earlier, are all, for me, are all I- embedded. Oh, sorry, they work on the basis of just how invested they, their straight characters are. And it just so happens in this one that straight characters are all going for it and all absolutely on top of the game comedically. And it's very funny. It's just very funny. Don't go in like I, I, I. Know, my dad would say this is the worst movie of all time. <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely. Well, of course, would. there is a specific audience for a movie. Like that, exactly. This. Yeah, exactly. But if you're in that specific audience that we are, that you know has like a little bit of a um, a nostalgic lilt towards eighties music and uh, action movie themes and stuff like that. This will tick a lot of fun boxes for you. It really will. So um, I would say, yeah, go check it out. Certainly. Uh, just don't expect um, Hamlet. <laughs> don't expect Shakespeare. I guess. Oh, hot That's shots! I don't think it's quite. Oh, on, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's quite on the same level as hot shots, but it still <laughs> it still gets the job done. Definitely, definitely. Sai, what about you? I actually found it a lot funnier than I remember, to be honest, watching it this morning. I was rolling around laughing. I thought it was so funny. Um, but yeah, like, you know, if you're like me, you like your comedy extremely immature, puerile, and completely babyish, then <laughs> this might be, the, might be the film for you. I think for a film to be such a on point parody of an era of movies that we hold quite dearly on this podcast, like, we really like those. Van Damme movies and um, films of that era that this is clearly sort of sending up. It's not very meta to cover it on this, uh, yes, uh, on this pod. But no, I I think it's a great distraction from the dumpster fire that is currently the Western world. 
and it was just a great tonic to watch actually i i found really stupid really gross but really funny and i think the three lead performances just really make it work i think i think will forte is both a like in line delivery and is also his physical humor with with, with the guns for example <laughs> in the guns and the, the three of them, Ryan Felipe and Kristen Wiig, they're just a great team. And yeah. I didn't know there was a series until I was IMDBing this before. So I'm, I'm quite interested to check that out now and see how where it's gone. Because his career has obviously you know, gone up. Kristen Wiggs has gone absolute supernova. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John Batacone as well has gone on to do a, a, lot, a lot of decent stuff. So I'll be interested to see what it's like now. Uh, and, and see where where it's developed in terms of its its jokes and and stuff, and has it changed with the times? And yeah, I'd be quite interested to check it out. Mm, interesting. Well, even though I said that you know it feels a bit stretched over the eighty five minutes, if it's like eight twenty minute uh, TV episodes, that might actually work better in terms of the pacing. And yeah, he just goes possibly. on a different adventure every week. I mean, I can't believe he's got which Kristen... is what MacGyver was. Yeah, he's got <laughs> Kristen Wiig doing. Eight, doing all eight episodes of this first series, like they must be really good men. <laughs> and yeah, Ryan Felipe's back. I mean, and Sam Elliott's in it. That's sort of clinched it for me. To be yeah. I mean, yeah, Yamo be there. Yeah. yeah. Goodness gracious me! Wow, wow, uh, super stuff, fellas. Uh, MacGruber, I think that's a three thumbs up, isn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah, like, sure, yeah. yeah, three thumbs up. Get this checked out. Have a load of fun. Absolutely brilliant. Super stuff. Uh, fellas, it's me next time. Oh, yeah. It what, is. What have we got? Uh, Expedition Bigfoot all three seasons. Um, to... <laughs> if you would like to do a deep dive, we can do a deep dive. No, we're not going to do that. Um, because even I think that doesn't make great radio. <laughs> so <laughs> um, what I'd like to do is I'm, I'm torn between two. But I'd like, uh, no, I, I'd like to go back to Felipe Town. Um, actually, and we're going to do the way of the gun. Oh, nice, um, good one. Yeah, very good. One. Um, Christopher McQuarrie's got so much going on. He's obviously done so much in the intervening years. Yes, this was like the movie that um, Felipe stepped out of that. You know, um, good-looking young actor shell. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> he was obviously he was still a very good-looking yeah. young actor, but it was like his first, like one of his first really grown-up roles, I think. Yeah, and it's got Benicio del Toro. And I remember it's got a wicked shootout at the end, if I remember rightly. And James Kahn. That's the late, great James Kahn, who sadly James passed Kahn. away last week. Yeah. yeah, so I think the planets are aligning here for me. Let's do this one. Yeah, that's really great one. Yeah. That's been on my list for ages, and I've never oh, seen it. Oh, has it? So that, this oh. is a good one. I'm happy you picked that one, actually. Oh, Juliet Lewis as well. I have seen this movie yeah. before, but not for a very long time. So this will have been Macquarie's, like... Follow up after win after winning the Oscar for Usual Suspects, first directing, film, which he obviously wrote, and now he's more famous for being Tom Cruise's best friend. Yeah. Isn't he? He's like they were both at Wimbledon at the weekend. I mean, apart apart from this one, all his other directed films have been Tom Cruise films, haven't they? Yes, I think so. so yeah, so yeah, this would this is his first uh, his directorial debut, and then after that, it's Tom Cruise Town. Yeah, because he's only directed four films. Obviously, he's got two Mission Impossible's coming as well. On top of that, um, yeah. So yeah, this is a very good pick, Rob, and I'm very much looking, for, looking very, forward yeah, to watching the way good. of the gun. Nice one, nice one. Um, so sorry, just repeat that to me. Have you you've you've not seen it, Sai? You've seen it, James, haven't you? I, I've not seen it. I have. I've I've seen it years and years ago, though. Yeah, um, I I watched it maybe five years ago, and it was 
extremely good then. So I'm really looking forward to watching it again. Superstar, well, that's exciting. Um, lovely stuff, fellas. Great to see you again. Uh, it's been too long. Well, in fact, it's only been 48 hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sick of the sight of the pair of you. To be- yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> Get out. Um, but listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah. Join us next time for Way of the Gun. Awesome. Um, I think it's available at this point in time as a rental on Prime, but I will have a look on all the other services and see whether we can get that. Yeah, get you yes. some alternatives there. Um, and yeah, stay safe. Look after each other. Don't get too hot. It's absolutely boiling out there. <laughs> I am about to. I'm dripping with sweat right now uh, in this soundproof <laughs> room. Um, I fucking oh. <laughs> open a window. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Peace and love, fellas. Take care and Godspeed. Sorry, that sounds a bit terminal. I didn't mean that. Like, don't die or anything. Just <laughs> come back in a couple of weeks where we can do it all over again. Wonderbar. Um, I realised, I, right, I feel seen after this movie because my wardrobe is just the same as Madruba's. <laughs> I just don't have the astonishing feathered mullet. Does this movie put that across as a good thing, though? It might do. <laughs> yes. Aspirational. Yes. This one reading. <laughs> the aspirational qualities of the character MacGruber, a dissertation coming to a film studies course near you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hello. Please leave a message after the tone. Uh, lads, how on earth did I forget my favourite bit and I didn't say it last night? Um, of course, it's the bit when he, him and Ryan Philippe are on the floor having shot a load of guns and killed a couple of people, and the gunfight is still raging, and the group looks at the gun incredulously, like, oh my god, this is incredible, f*** those gadgets! <laughs> Super stuff. And if you don't think I've been singing the McGruber theme all morning, you are absolutely bananas.